you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. David, football, football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.NFL.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com slash Shack. I feel like we say this every week, but what a crazy week of pro football we just watched there. We are moments away from kickoff. On Monday night from Lambeau, Brett Favre's return to honor Bart Starr. Great stuff there with perhaps the best of all Green Bay Packers quarterbacks. Under center against the Falcons, Aaron Rodgers. That's a debate for another time. Joined in Studio 66, maximum strength. Oh, but before we get into that, yeah, we can't have our sound effects there because Black Tie isn't behind the glass. In his stead, we used to call him Zach Tie because it rhymes with black tie, but this is a soccer guy. If you listen back in the summer during the World Cup, we did a couple of gangbusters soccer World Cup-specific podcasts with this uh, bright young fella, and uh, he's also doing some other great stuff with us here. We're going to call him now Soccer Tie. What's the poop, fella? Not too much. Not too much poop anywhere. No, good. good. Well, that's good for everybody. And um, what I will ask is that since you don't know the so-called board with all the sounds and drops in there that Black Tie uses to such great effect. Just have fun. Just hit anything you want there. I Go can ahead. do that. See, do do one right now. Let's okay. just see how it goes. All right. Pot luck. Yeah. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep. We're off oh, to a flying start because he was sublime on Sunday. Really drops my jaw what he's doing. Anyhow, let's say hello to the two other voices you just heard here in Studio 66. First of all, we broke bread in Chicago on our ongoing culinary tour of the United States. He's a Dolphins fan, of course, as you know, if you are a longtime listener of the show. So his heart is sad today. It's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you. Dave. Are you very well? I, I mean, you said the words, but I didn't buy them. 
No, you're right. I'm I'm not that well. I was it was a very disappointing day yesterday, but not mm -hmm. entirely unexpected. Really? Uh, I thought with Haloti Nadi you might get him. Yeah, but without Timmy, Haloti yeah. Nadi. With Timmy Jernigan who was the backup defensive tackle and all the other stuff they have on defense and by the way, a pretty good offense proved to be a little too much for the Dolphins. And I fear now their season which up until about I would say midway through the third quarter was focused on making the playoffs, their Super Bowl is now going to be getting their head coach fired. Do you really feel that way? I it's already done for them. It's 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 so Oh yeah, nip they and play tuck. the Patriots this week, week 15, mm -hmm. and then they have games against the Vikings and Jets, but I, I mean they they let's assume they they Well, that's lose what I was going to say. Week. Your Super Bowl is this week. I mean, you win that game, then it's easy sailing after that. It's uh, and yeah, look, they beat New England in week 1. Those are happier times. Those are times I like to like to look back on with fondness, but I'm just not <laughs> sure I see it happening based on what the Patriots have done since then. And also, someone whose star apparently has risen so high he doesn't feel obliged to pay a visit to Studio 66 each and every week anymore. Here he is, everybody, the statistician from NFL Media with the bad statitude. There we go. You were a little late on that there. I was, actually, I was ready to do it. I just didn't know if I should do it after he'd spoken or before. Anyway, let's... Let's yeah, carry that, on. Yeah, your sound effects usually are sort of washed. They're anticlimactic after you get the electricity that is Drew Statton. What's the poop, fella? Those words kind of hurt. They cut pretty deep, Dave. <laughs> it wasn't my choice that I wasn't here last week. Well, I don't know what gives. You know, like you guys out go gallivanting to Chicago. I wasn't invited to this culinary tour of, of Chicago. We made you. Hmm. You know, we made your, your stars on the rise here on the DDFP. And, uh, it would have been my pleasure to go to those steakhouses and order sides. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we didn't. We, no steakhouses for us. By the way, didn't you used to go to Thursday night football games? I did. And now what? You don't because you stay back to be with us. I chose to do the DDFP instead. Wow. That's my story. I'm sick to it. Well, you're feeling good because on Sunday the Oakland oh. Raiders defeated the San Francisco 49ers. And I got to tell you, as a Michigan fan, everything's coming up Harbaugh because the Ra the Raiders really they're helping out my Wolverines. I got great odds right now that either the Harbaugh's coaching the Wolverines or the Raiders next season. All right, well, Who has not, better odds than me? Well, he's not coaching. He's not coaching. The the, the university met with him and they walked really? away saying yeah. they don't Okay. All right, John I suppose Harbaugh, I could his be brother naive. apparently is more likely to be coaching Michigan than I'd actually, Jim is. I'm going for. I'd like prefer Jack. It would be interesting if Jim <laughs> coached your Raiders and John co coached your mm -hmm. Wolverines. Wow, Maybe. that yeah. would be heaven for uh, for Drew Staten. I, I, am, I, I am a little sad we miss out on Mike Riley, but you know I'll do all right getting over that. <laughs> Let loss. me ask you this: uh, Legitimately, is everybody missing the the fact that Jim Harbaugh, the reason he wants to coach the Raiders? is for personal reasons. He wants to stay with his family in the Bay Area. But then what about all the Raiders moving to L.A. noise? Well, how does that get in but the way wait, Well, wait a second. If you believe that, that's just his leverage so that the, let's say, 10 other teams that might want to hire him have to up the ante when they want to go to him. There's not, I mean, him staying in the Bay Area is a very convenient way for his agent, which is, by the way, the only mm. reason we know this, for his agent to get that message out so that, you know, Stephen Ross or or um, Woody Johnson or whoever has to open their wallet up a little bit wider to um, to be able to lure him across the country. I badmouth vapid cynicism. People, you know, this is it's what ails the 21st century in our society is everybody's so cynical, even though they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm pretty cynical myself on occasion. 
but I am very naive. When somebody says, "Well, this is what I want," I just sort of believe them. But they, like, but you, didn't I, and hear, then it's never true. You, wait, wait, wait a second. It. You didn't hear him say it. You heard NFL media's own Ian Rappaport saying it, and and NFL true. media's own Ian Rappaport has probably heard this from from his agent. By the way, we are weeks away, and I legitimately believe this from hearing at least one NFL team announce it's moving here. I think that happens before January's out, right? I mean, I think legitimately could be 48 hours after the regular season ends. I think we the Rams may announce that they're heading out here. There the sooner there, the better there seem for them. Like there, there's definitely signs more than in previous years that that could be the case. But then again, I'm sure we've all felt that way a little bit before. And, it, it and, I, and I know that is, this isn't specific to the Chargers, but if you watch Sunday Night Football, it was – pretty loud for the Patriots. I know the 49ers fans flooded Cowboy Stadium earlier in the year, and there are a number of examples of that. But really, who's going to I, – I worry oh, – I don't worry about it, but Chargers ownership should worry if they don't make that move. Who's populating that stadium week in and week out if there are two teams two hours north? And let's say the Raiders join the Rams and move down to L.A. Isn't that going to be crushing to their gate? Well, who's, all those people in Orange County that sit – pretty squarely in between L.A. and San Diego. Why aren't those people who grew up watching the Rams going to just start watching the Rams again? And, uh, and you know, maybe the Chargers can just fill the St. Louis void and move to St. Louis and become the St. Louis Chargers. It's all coming together. It's mm-hmm. all coming together. Yes, Handsome, you mentioned that, uh, or we mentioned our culinary tour. It keeps on rolling, and we went to the Half Shell. It was a special trip. It was a sentimental um episode of the of the uh culinary tour handsome and i have now eaten delicious barbecue mm. in in austin, austin texas. texas and we have eaten um great uh, cajun food in new orleans mm-hmm. we've dined in new york city on some tender vittles there of uh of different kinds and now we add chicago sentimental we went Handsome and I, on a cold Wednesday night before uh, Thursday Night Football last week, jumped in a cab in downtown, rode up Lakeshore Drive. It was glorious. Then I, I, it occurred to me, deposit us at my old apartment where I spent the last the eight years. This is crazy. Yeah. We got I, out. It was, it was the greatest. And it was in a world that turns over every six months, everywhere we went was exactly the same as it was when I left Chicago. And this is the amazing thing. You look at, and I'm going to blow your mind here, Drew, but okay. if you look at Dave, he's actually not in his mid-20s right now. Whoa. I know that I know that he looks like he was, but yeah. this, this is where I thought he Dave, was a teen when he was right, in Chicago. But this is where Dave lived when he was in his mid-20s, yes. and that was you know a fair amount of time ago. I would never have believed that to start with, but we went to the pub that Wait, Dave we went to. Th- this is when he was selling um, you know, he like was a health sales. insurance He doesn't futures. know. He can't even remember what he yeah. sold, but he was a salesperson. Mm-hmm. He so he went to the pub that he used to go to every night. His apartment. He showed me the twinkling lights of his apartment, which I believe is just like Dan Marino's locker being glassed mm-hmm. off and just left yeah. as Dave left it, which is probably <laughs> disgusting. Um, but the pub that he used to go to every night, and then then you know we walked from there to this delicious restaurant where we ate some terrific seafood. And along the way, Dave would point out houses and stores and things and tell stories. It was like a real walk down memory lane. Did you pull the move? This used to annoy me in college, so I hope you didn't. Where you knock on your door of where you used to live and ask if you could walk around. Like, I used to live here. Can I can I walk around my old, my dorm room? Be a little weird when someone's paying money to live in that <laughs> yeah. apartment for me to knock on their door. That, hey, you you won't mind if I take a quick spin around that, the old digs. That never happened to you. At I that used to happen to me at Michigan all the time. People would knock on the house. Oh, can I go? Can I go see my old room? No, you can't. You don't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. It looks exactly like it did when you lived yeah. here. Well, apart from it's it got just my, has my, it's stuff, got my in it. stuff in it. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Scram. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, but what a time it was. And it, and it was indeed a twister. And then we woke up. Well, Handsome didn't wake up. Then we were down <laughs> on the field at 8 a.m. The next day, Matt Money Smith, Michael Fabiano, and I on Soldier Field. And it was hard as a rock. And it really is. I mean, I know this is old news to everybody. And you've heard the anecdotes told a million times over. So here, one for the million and first. It is striking to be on a field where they're about to play a game and it's 8 a.m. and that's about how cold it was by the time they kicked things off at night it was it it you know the and it wasn't a terribly bitter day by Chicago standards but next to the lake it is 20 degrees cooler and you know the wind whipping through you know it cuts right through your clothing and everything it, it hurts and when you hit the ground and it does feel basically like cement you realize boy it takes a lot why did you hit the ground? Because I wanted the field. I was stomping. Oh, you on were it. hitting the. I see. Yeah, I was you stomping. You didn't actually on it. Like fall over. No, I didn't. No, Michael no. Fabiano didn't, didn't fell me you. with a okay. with a tackle. I was or just anything. checking. Um, but it is quite a thing that that those guys go out there and do that on the on the weekends. I know they get paid a lot. No, that's a the grown ups playing a man's game. But egad, I that is not something that I would desire doing to try and wrangle Demarco Murray late in the fourth quarter, especially if your season is pretty much over, you really have to dig deep and figure out where you're coming up with your motivation. I right. Obviously, well, it's your professional. It seems like the Bears also made a made a business decision <laughs> on that front. Hey, yeah, true enough. Dave, um, Drew and I have been talking a little bit recently. All right, well, we, we want to jump into week 14. Well, before though. we do, though, Drew, oh, okay. and I, Drew and I have an interest in each other's um, fantasy season, so I just wanted to check in with Drew. How's your, how's your oh, playoff team going? Not, It's not going great. Really? Yeah. You're, so your season-long fantasy football league's winding down. Yeah. Um. So you know, I don't know. Should I? Should I wait or should I? Can I get in a new league? Is NFL.com still have leagues? There's no point in waiting to 2015. You can play on on FanDuel and for real cash. Your season isn't even over at FanDuel.com. You know, I heard about that. Matt Nichols from Ohio. He turned twenty-five dollars into over twenty-five grand playing fantasy football on FanDuel. So you could join him and and maybe hundreds or thousands of others who've already won money there. Wow. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even make the playoffs, right. so can I? is this something just for the for the rest of the season? Can I do it week by week? How does it work? I think if you go to FanDuel.com, what you'll discover is that you've you've joined the site, which is actually the leader hmm. in one-week fantasy sports football leagues. And, and the money is real? Yep, the entry fees are just a dollar. Okay, and no season-long commitment, no upfront fees. That's right, exactly. You know a lot about this, actually, it turns out. You can play each week or whenever you want, and you can set a lineup each week and win every week. If you're good enough. Do you, how much money have they uh, they paid out this year? <laughs> um, if I had to guess, I would say it'd be more than a 170 million is, this NFL season. That's quite, you're good that's enough. quite specific. But you have to, <laughs> but you have to play to win. So you'll have to sign up today. Okay, so if I go to FanDuel and yeah. I click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner, mm -hmm. what code you do should, I use? Um, well, if you get a code, let's make up one. How about DDFP? Okay. Yeah, use mm. the code DDFP and sign up now. Okay. Say it sounds like a new user special. Well, wait. If you're in, you've never played before, no, that would make you a new user. Yeah, I think there's probably a new user special. Okay, FanDuel will give you a bonus of up to two hundred bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, Drew, okay, FanDuel will match it up to two hundred dollars. So, you know, this offer is only good for the first fifty people that use the code. What did I say? DDFP. DDFP. Don't forget to use my code DDFP. Okay. Wow, that was really spellbinding. That was. That was I mean, 
You guys I just, just started, Dave, I just want I, to I mean, be clear. I, I, I applaud it because no one's had the temerity to come into this studio and just launch into a conversation that doesn't involve me. So I, I congratulate you on your courage. And I found it compelling, and I might just have to check well, out Dave, this you know what? I'm sorry we didn't include you. Don't miss out on all the fantasy football you can handle. And I don't know if you listened to anything we said, but FanDuel.com. No, uh, Matt Nichols sounds like, uh, you know, I, I would call him lucky, but it, he probably knows what he's doing. He's rich. Yeah. Well, FanDuel, there's a new week every every week is a new season. Mm. All yeah? right. And can you spell FanDuel? F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot C-O-M. Sign yeah. up today. Yeah, I'm a master speller, so I got that covered. Hey, soccer tie, give us a sound there, would you? Let's do it. Shame on you for that. <laughs> that wasn't the wasn't what we were. Expecting. Sorry, I'm sound. new here, guys. I'm new here. Try again. All right, ready? I actually like stale bread. Oh, that's ah, a there good we one. go. Yeah, Neil there. Dutton. Yeah, Neil Dutton, who who likes stale bread over in yeah. uh, in the UK. All right, fellas, well done there. And now let's jump in on the uh, week 14 review here. Like I said at the very top, what an insane. Week of pro football. Shouldn't after week 14 we have some sense of where these things are headed? And it's more upside down than ever. Let's start with what is the most ridiculous loss that you saw or victory. What was the most improbable one? And I guess it boils down to the Raiders defeating the 49ers or the Panthers doing what they did to the Saints. But I don't want to give you your answer. Why don't I start with you, Handsome? I, I would say the Raiders over the 49ers just because it was so unexpected and the 49ers have so much to play for. The Saints have been up and down all season, and just when you think they're going to lose, like in Pittsburgh, they go and win. Mm-hmm. And just when you think they're going to win, then they lose it. So it just wasn't that much of a surprise to me. But the Raiders beating the 49ers was because... Although it had kind of been talked about a lot during the week, it was like they can't. That can't possibly happen. It really feels um, like things are, are going to go downhill pretty fast in San Francisco. I don't know how to. We're we're supposed to. You no, know, you, you know. Sorry to interrupt you, but you remember when you're in school and you had the teacher that you really disliked, and it gets to like the last couple of weeks of the year, and you know they only teach your year group or something like that, and it's like. Really, at this point, we can do what we want because I don't ever have to deal with this human being anymore. That It feels a little bit like that's the way things might go in San Francisco, where it's like, we know Jim Harbaugh is not going to be here anymore. We haven't really enjoyed it, but we put up with it because we had to. But as, as I can see the light at the end of the tunnel of this man not being my boss any longer or the guy that I have to answer to, I have a feeling things could south. I, I feel like that the, there are a lot of people out there today saying is, Jim Harbaugh is really hurting his future prospects here. You know, this is uh, this is an embarrassing season as it turns out. So who's going to want Jim Harbaugh to take things over for them? Of course, it's the circumstance that is is, you know, involved there. And, you know, this was a lost season and you can see that in whenever that was February when all that noise about the, oh, uh, the combine yeah. the Cleveland that he was mm-hmm. thinking that he was uh, flirting with Cleveland a little bit there. So it, it And the injuries on defense and everything else, but the offense hasn't done anything. It remains one of the great mysteries of the year. I don't think he's ultimately hurting himself, but how are we supposed to now regard this Niners? It's not a dynasty. They never even won a Super Bowl, but this era, the way, I think we can close the window on it, right? I mean, they're, they're uh, I, I don't know who they bring in to replace Jim Harbaugh or where Jim Harbaugh lands, but it's, it's a, a funny thing. They had a great, great run. You know, they could have played in really three Super Bowls. Two plays kept them from playing in three mm-hmm. straight Super Bowls. And yet it suddenly feels very long ago. So, well, and the strangest part, too, with them is 
it's, you know, you look at it and it's still the same team. I think week to week we all just expect, like, oh, no, they'll figure it out and they'll, you know, they'll be the old 49ers, mm-hmm. kind of like the Seahawks have now this late in the season. But you know, he hasn't been able to, to quarterback whisper into, into Kaepernick like, like you can get into Flacco's ear. Well, yeah, you know. Maybe th- you should get that job. The thing that the thing that is exciting, what's compelling to me about where we are in the season is that after a few years, and, and we've talked about the outliers that disprove the rule that you have to pass first to go deep, and in fact, over the last six weeks or so, we've acknowledged that the teams that end up winning the Super Bowl aren't necessarily the pass first teams. They're the teams that have power offenses. But it is nice to see right here and now that different teams are having success in completely different ways. No, don't I, I'm I'm fascinated watching here in twenty fourteen the way Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson in an age where the every all the rules dictate that you throw the ball as much as possible, with Doug Baldwin as their number one wide receiver, are just killing teams by by you know running the read option and they cannot stop it. But the yeah the when you watch how that works with the Seahawks, it normally comes down to the play gets broken, Russell Wilson scrambles around mm-hmm. a bit, the receivers freelance and he finds them open and you know and and it's not normally like the first play that was drawn up. It's the it's the Sandlot stuff that happens afterwards that that helps them. You know, move the ball I suppose the you're right about that, and in fact, I declared yesterday that uh, that Ben Roethlisberger's 10-year reign as the most difficult to tackle quarterback is now officially over. It is now Russell Wilson's, uh, um, you know, who stands atop mm-hmm. that uh, that mountain. Yes, I, I think that, that's actually a fair one. It's t- they're difficult to tackle for different reasons, but yeah. But well, I think yeah, Roethlis- once you get hold of, I mean, if you if any of the times that Roethlisberger's got away from pressure because he's just so big, Russell Wilson would normally go down under that. Yeah, under but that he always, of, even when you get your hands on him, he somehow he squirts out. Somehow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's behind his back or whatever. But yeah. he he rarely gets dragged to the ground. Yes, well, uh, Drew and Statton. We, we talked about this last week. Russell, the Russell Wilson is in the top fifteen in rushing yards. Yeah, like it's bananas that he's going to end up with almost nine hundred rushing yards. And you know, you think he has the he has a couple of those big plays every game, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't personally think of him the same way you think of Michael Vick or one of these other right. quarterbacks that are just out. Oh, nothing's there. I'm going to run, but he slowly just turns out these yards and kills you on third down when he takes off and can extend the drive. And you know, there, it's crazy that he. And it's not he, to say that Doug Baldwin isn't good, but it yeah. it, it feels circumstantial that he w- finds himself running so wide open. As often as he does, it's not his dominance that allows him his his uh, you know personal skill set that allows him to elude defenders. It's just that they're so focused on 24 and uh, Russell Wilson that uh, that those receivers are, are you know the, the the defenses have to completely sell out to try and right. stop those guys, especially you, in the second half. You can imagine defensive coaches telling their defense like, as soon as you see Russell Wilson, don't let him get loose in the open field. So Russell Wilson makes a move like he's going to run the ball the defensive backs come off their receivers and that's why those guys are running wide open because then Russell Wilson throws it to them and and the you know he's done enough and to to take the the um secondary help away and i now have to say this and this will upset the 12s out there in seattle the fan base that i have said now for a year as is the fan base that has the biggest chip on its shoulder which isn't an insult that's where you that's how you got to where you are richard sherman russell wilson and all the rest of the guys on that team play with that chip on their shoulder. No one respects us. They love that one, especially up in Seattle. But I still am not convinced the Seahawks are going to the playoffs. They must – 
I mean, it, it, I guess it comes down to what they do up in Seattle against Arizona, who beat them in December last year. There's no reason to think that the Cardinals with Drew Stanton are going to be able to hang with them. But let's wait and see, because Detroit isn't going away. They should win their next two games. So I think they're in the playoffs. And if Dallas looks like they did last Thursday, then I'm not sure exactly where that uh, where that playoff spot comes from unless the Seahawks take the NFC West. I think whoever loses that NFC West game now, that Cards and um, Seahawks game is going to be on the outside looking in. And, you know, the Rams now, that's who they play next, the Cardinals. They've shot, they've thrown two straight shutouts. I, by the time they get up there, they could be tied up with the Seattle. But it, any chance that the C, that the Niners have some dignity and they say, this is it. This is the last time, the last meaningful game we'll really play. We're going into Seattle. For old time's sake, let's do it. Let's they dash their... old old time's sake. They haven't beaten Seattle in Seattle. I'm, but I mean, you know, for all get, the, the last <laughs> four years, and you know, this it's over. Let's have one last party at the expense of our arch rival Seahawks. I just I don't know that Jim Harbaugh is the guy who's going to get his team up like that. I could see that if it was the other if Rex Ryan was the coach, another guy who definitely won't be with his team at, uh, at the end of the season, and they were going to the Patriots, let's say, I could actually see that working. Him going into the locker room and saying, "Guys, I'm going to get fired. Your jobs are all on the line. Screw it. Let's do this one time and beat the Patriots." But Jim Harbaugh is not the guy who's going to make that announcement. He's like, you know, who's yeah. got it better than us? Good luck. Uh, good luck next year with whoever's here, yeah. fellas. Yeah. yeah. And ne- neither of those. No, uh, last two games in Seattle have been close. I don't. Right. It's no. Sorry. Well, sorry, Jim. I I guess I, I would. The Raiders. I do like I'm Derek Carr. At, Michigan. I think that. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that the Panthers went into New Orleans and did what they did. And uh, interesting isn't the world word. Baffling is is the word. I guess. Let's remember now. One week ago. They went into Heinz Field and smoked the Steelers. Right. Forget the final score. They they whipped them, but yeah. good. You know, the Steelers tacked on a couple of garbage touchdowns to make it appear close. They handled the Steelers in Pittsburgh. They're a bad road team, the Saints. And they didn't have Jimmy Graham. He was, he was basically a non-factor the whole game. And they whipped them. One week later, they go home to play the Panthers, who've won one game since mid-September, and get destroyed. Carolina Panthers, when they were playing a little bit better at the beginning of the season, those same Pittsburgh Steelers went there and destroyed the Panthers. Then the Steelers yesterday, who, by the way, the Bengals, they go to Cincinnati, the Bengals went into New Orleans a few weeks ago, and they handed it to the Saints pretty good. The Steelers double up those Bengals 42-21. What gives? How, how, I mean, as somebody who cares about numbers, Drew Statton, this must really make your uh, – what's the meaning of any of it? I don't – How do you attach any meaning week to week to I, what we see? I'm, I'm ready to quit. Shall I tell you the craziest <laughs> thing about it? After the Falcons lose tonight to the Packers, the Saints will be top of the NFC South. Mm. Despite all of that. Slowly to roll. Not technically, but they'll be tied for They'll, they'll be, be tied, tied for top. first place. That's technical enough yeah. for me. Okay. And let's keep in mind, as somebody who cares about the Steelers' fortunes going forward, this is a team that controls its destiny, as everybody likes to say, which I know soccer tie must be driven crazy by that phrase, right? Totally wild, but I don't want to ruin this well-elucidated point. But I, but listen, Ooh, control your, control your destiny. Tell everybody why that makes no sense. 
it just doesn't. There's there's no reason why it would. What's your destiny? What your destiny? You don't control your destiny. That's what destiny is. It's predetermined. You don't control your destiny. But anyway, I think you know what the spirit of that statement is. If the Steelers were to win out, then they would win the division and they would have a, they would obviously get one of those top four playoff spots. But of course, they've lost now to the Saints and the Buccaneers, the Steelers and the Jets. By the way. <laughs> Anybody who has any confidence that they're going to go to Atlanta next week and beat that team is fooling themselves, especially A.J. Green tormented that secondary on Sunday in uh, in Cincinnati. That'll happen again with Julio Jones, of course. Um, but uh, the, the only hope I have is for the Steelers is that maybe it'll be really cold in Lambeau and they'll get physically beaten up, then a short week. That'll be a quick turnaround. That'll be too tight a turnaround for Dave, them. Dave, you know what a fun thing you could do would be is um, go to NFL.com slash playoff predictor. Oh, I love predictor. this, Handsome. Yes, I've promoted it a couple of times, but well, please Well, I'm, I'm going to do it now using the voice I used when I did F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com um, using the code DDFP. Go to NFL.com slash playoff predictor, and you can predict the outcome of the remaining games of the season and in fact, we've started the mm-hmm. process for you by predicting the games based on each team's current winning percentage. And then you can see who's going to be in the... Rather than speculating recklessly about it, you mm-hmm. can actually find out scientifically who will be in the playoffs. What do you think about that, Drew? How do I do that? Uh, NFL.com <laughs> <laughs> slash playoff predictor. <laughs> Sorry, I, Great. Uh, I don't think I can oh, hold those together <laughs> any longer. Um, so, yeah, so uh, th- uh, that... Alone, that NFC South, AFC North, that combo of those teams playing one another is is as loco a thing as I've seen as I can ever remember seeing in pro football. The 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 ebb and flow of the results make absolutely zero sense to me. I'll defer to Drew here, but we did some research, or they, his team did some research, and I believe we discovered that the NFC South is the worst division ever. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's true, right? They, yeah, they. When you look at the combined record of that division since 1970, it's the worst division ever. What was the but final result? I could look it up. Specifically, isn't it historically? That's bad. what he's saying. He's yeah, saying and that since oh, 70 yeah. is yeah. the yeah. worst. And that, and if you look at their records outside against teams outside of the division, it's even worse. What is it? How many total wins do they have? They're they're 16, 34, and one. It's the worst since the 08 NFC West. They went 22-42. What are they outside the division? How many wins do they have? Eight. Eight total. <laughs> One quarter of them have come against the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and they're gonna. And guess what? They're going to have one-third of them after the Falcons game. I hope I'm wrong, but I see no reason to think that the Steelers are going to go down there and, and handle them unless Le'Veon Bell. That's the next thing. Is he the best running back in the NFL, Drew Statton? You like my, my running back expertise, what my eye says? Got great, great vision. Great hands. They sound. I mean, listen. No, I think there are numbers I, that would support it. He's he doesn't have the rushing yards that Demarco Murray has, but he doesn't play behind that offensive well, line either. And the line was terrific against Cincinnati on Sunday, but it's not as consistent. I could run for probably 800 or 900 yards behind the Cowboys' offensive line. Um, not the, not in one game over the course of the season. What? What? But um, but but the difference is Demarco Murray has lost five fumbles this year. Levy and Bell. Lost one fumble in his rookie year and has lost zero in 2014. Quite a thing for all you know the what touches that tells he gets. Me. What's Takes that? Takes care of the bull. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say that that no. what that tells you is he's going to fumble three times against the Falcons. I think it's a toss up. Him, Lashawn McCoy, Marco Murray, any of those I think three we, guys. We better make it. Them. We better make it real, uh, real clear that we're not talking. This isn't the Move the Sticks podcast, right? Okay. Yeah. Just want, I, true. I didn't want people to get confused think, with all these these hard scouting terms that we're throwing out. <laughs> <laughs> they were listening to Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah. But one thing that Baldy pointed out earlier today on Aftermath is that, and you probably you probably noticed this name yesterday. Dropper. I did just drop that. The Steelers ran the same running play over and over and over and over again. I, I love I that. I, I love when called. a team, when it, when, it, when it is made clear, this is what we're going to do, and unless you, you stop, stop it. it, then that's on you. It was, you know, some counter where they pulled DeCastro and pulled Heath yep. Miller, and Lev Bell just ran to the le- touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. You're not going to stop it, which is, you know, pretty impressive. And so, yeah, I'd say if you're that good that you can line up and say, this is what I'm going to do, you're going to take it because you like it. All right, we're bouncing all over the place, but now back to the NFC West. How about the Rams? I was saying that the Dolphins were the hardest luck team if, they, in fact, they missed the playoffs because of some of those narrow losses. But what about the Rams? They're 6-7, and seven, but they lost by 3 to Dallas, 6 to the Eagles, 3 to the Niners, and 3 to San Diego. I mean, if you flip one of those results, then they're in the playoff race. 6 and seven's probably just long enough that they can't get into it now. But if they were 7-6, and six, but certainly um, maybe a couple games better, which they could be, um, I, you know, they, they could be right in it. And now two straight shutouts for this team. I, it, it, the Rams are in L.A., right? That's the one of the three that we feel most confident about. This yeah. is exciting, too. If you're looking at this, this is something that we, you can get – you can beat your friends by – three to six weeks by, by by starting to get enthusiastic about. The Rams are going to be Los Angeles's in a matter of weeks. I really believe that. And a couple things, who's going to be their quarterback in 2015? Well, that's the big question. That's why you might not be able to get that excited about it because Sean Hill is currently their quarterback. Well, there are going to be some names out there. And two, what strings need to be pulled, Handsome, to make sure that I am closely – and intricately involved in the designing of that uniform. Because I want I don't want it to just be, let's go back to the blank. You know, I want to honor the past great uniforms of the Rams, but do something new. Right. You I have, have some ideas. How do we make that Well, happen? you have some ideas. Yeah, of course well, let's I do. Them. Well, I, I, I'd rather oh, show. Give them away. I'd rather yeah. show. You know, the uniform design right. is, is uh, more of a show. Well, can you, um, I've got a pen and paper here. Yeah, well, I mean, well, listen, it probably won't translate that well. well, to I'll, I'll, well here's what I will tell you: the metallic gold is gone. That that yep. that was a bad idea. Yeah, Notre Dame gold. It's going to be back to the you know to new gold, what Steelers consider gold, and what old Rams used to do. I don't, but we got to make sure that this happens. I have to be involved in the uniform design, but Jay Cutler may be available. It sounds like it. They, that would they, be depressing <laughs> if Jay Cutler came out to LA. Jay Cutler was the answer. They, like we've got, we found the answer. We don't need Sam Bradford. What you need is some Jay Cutler. Well, be, be great, to look be disinterested great. alongside the new disinterested fans. Maybe like a ten-year. We could bring back Laguna Beach though, because we'd have you know Kristen Cavallari back. Oh yeah. Two weeks. Well, I mean, not two weeks ago. What was it? Three weeks ago. It wasn't very long ago. What was uh, in? Where was that game when the Panthers just got shamed and everybody said Cam Newton is finished? Oh, was that Philadelphia? They were up in Philadelphia, I believe. Maybe. And he yeah, was getting 40, hammered, 45, 21 to and up. everybody said, "Cam Newton is ruined. He's he's unfixable. He's gonna, you know, I don't know how much longer he's got in this league." There was crazy talk about him. Then you see what he did to the Saints. He looked terrific. Hollywood Cam. 
But no, well, no. You're speculating no, I'm not that. speculating about Cam coming out here. But RG3, are you willing to close the book on him now? Is he done? Is Colin Kaepernick done? Our pal from around the NFL, the great podcast and the uh, the portion, of course, of NFL.com, Chris Wessling wrote a great piece about the diminishing returns that people are getting on their running quarterbacks. But is, are Ka- is Kaepernick done then? Is he? Uh, it's over for him now? I don't think, no. I think Kaepernick has another year to prove it. I think the most fun story of the next three to six weeks is going to be watching RG3 get yet another coach fired in Washington. Because I think that... Uh, I don't know if I'd call it fun, but it's insane. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, like, I'm not a Redskins fan. It'll be fun to watch. I'm not, I feel bad for Jay Gruden. But he is going to get... He will win that battle, that power struggle, because... Daniel Snyder has more tied to to RG3 than he does to Jay Gruden. Maybe not in, well, probably in terms of money and everything else. But uh, he he's going to win that power struggle and the Redskins will have another head coach and they will also then have to, uh, I guess, tackle the maze of, of you know, how do you how do you tiptoe around this guy who's been given You're saying RG3 will win that power struggle. You say RG3 is back in 2015. He will be back with DC. a different head coach who's, whose job, just like Jay Gruden's, will be how well, do you make the most I will say, I'm RG3. seeing a lot of noise. And by the way, aren't there a lot of stories in the last 24, 48 hours that we already know the answers to? And it's not to diminish handsome. You handle the... NFL.com homepage and NFL Network and the worldwide leader out there. I'm seeing a lot of people buzzing about stories that we already know the answers to. Is Jim Harbaugh done in San Francisco? Like, yeah, well, we've known that for weeks, haven't we? And then the other, is is it time for Johnny Football in Cleveland? Like, yeah, well, we know that, right? There's no question he's going to be under center, correct? Yeah, but if we just said, you, let's assume that you know everything, then we wouldn't have anything to publish on these websites or talk about. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I guess we can take that as read. Wink, wink. To Then people are like, well, where, well what but should then, we do instead? Then? Well, what reminded me of that was the Jay Gruden thing is he, his job might be in trouble. I said in day one that people are now saying, Jay Gruden does not. I don't know if he's long for that job. Day one, I said, what a ridiculous hire. Why did they hire John Gruden's brother to run? I mean, that is a pretty good gig. There are only 32 of them on the face of the earth. And Jay Gruden got one. It was crazy at the time. And he was able to hide the RG3 struggles, camouflage the fact that they had three wins. They were, ne- they were never a good team. The idea that you could just saddle it all on RG3 always stood out to me as a weird so it, was, it felt like a smokescreen. Suddenly people are realizing, oh, yeah, I guess it's not all uh, the QB's fault, huh? True? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what Why I'm was saying. Jay Gruden the four? Well, I, mean, I don't think he survives this year. Well, and how about uh, how about London Fletcher going full oh, yeah. throttle? On Jim ha- Haslett, I mean, yeah. wouldn't it be great if everyone just spoke that candidly when they're talking about their former coaches or players? If what he says is true, it's fantastic. pretty amazing that Jim Haslett, you know, was a head coach in the NFL, what, must be 10, 15 years ago, since he was the head coach of the Saints and and got them to the playoffs and did stuff like that, but then has consistently been a defensive coordinator in the time since he was he was the Saints head coach. Um, do you see any evidence that yeah? So obviously, I don't think we'll see Jim Hazlitt uh, taking over the reins there. And, well, don't, don't, how can we possibly don't say don't rule it out? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess if they could hire Jay Gruden, certainly what, they could replace what, him. What with if ha- what if Hank's wrong and? They dump RG3, and then he signs with the Los Angeles That's what Rams. I'm getting at. Well, yes, I'm oh, saying. I, just stole that's, it. I think that's where Dave was going. We, Sorry. Went, we went in a different direction. Or Mike Vick. There are a lot R- of fun Ryan scenarios. Mallet. Ryan Mallett. What about Rex Ryan is the next? I, now, Jeff Fisher has once again done enough that I, that I don't think they, put, would, uh, they would dump him, right? Well, that's, I think, that's been his entire NFL career. 
That's true. That is true. I, I used to hold him up as one of the great coaches. He's a cool guy, but the results really are, are about as middling as it gets. Same thing goes for Marvin Lewis. He better in these last three weeks. I mean, he not, doesn't have to because they're not going to get rid of him. But, again, when we look back in 25 or 30 years, we will look back at the Marvin Lewis era and say, what did he do to keep the job that long? amidst an air in an era when every other coach gets the plug pulled on him in the drop of a hat. It is wild that that team with that kind of talent is once again having fine, pretty good results, but they better win that division and win a couple of playoff games. Yeah. Well, I, I keep saying they better, but they he's he's not in any jeopardy of losing his gig. But And revisiting a coaching discussion we had this offseason, what was Ken Wisenhunt thinking taking the Titans job over the Lions job? I mean, you look at that. Is now. that right? I don't remember that. Yeah, wow, right. yeah. that great really, call. That really, like this, this okay, this was the move, huh? What would their record be if Ken Wisenhunt were their head coach? The Lions. Yeah. Well, the the offense is certainly not great under Caldwell, so he might he might be doing better there than uh he'd certainly be doing better there than he is in Tennessee. Hmm. Um. What did we think of the college football playoff? As we want. By the way, I am. I don't know what it is. Soccer tie, and fellas here in '66. I, I'm, I've got a do going now, and You're it's not sweating? hot in here, right? I'm so it's not cold. Hot in here. I thought, not, I thought I, you I guys were trying to recreate the Chicago experience by blasting the AC in no, December. No, I think I'm taking ill. I really <laughs> do. Like for Since we started this podcast to show you what kind of man I am, what kind of performer I am, I have I, I bit my tongue for a solid 20 minutes here on that, even I, when you were doing your, yeah. your commercial read there. I can see about turning you know, it down. you got a nice glisten going, though. I do. I, I I don't feel Maybe right. Maybe just put a, give us a sound drop, see if that Yeah, happens. okay, yeah, ready? Here. Fix it. Ice up, son. Ice up. Oh, oh, that's what you need. <laughs> wow. Wow. You're like a doctor. <laughs> that was perfect. Just do what I can, Jen. Thanks, Steve Smith and uh, Soccer tie. What did we think of? So, yes, yeah, so that's why I'm jumping all over the place. Oh, with, with the Browns, like, obviously Johnny Football will start this week. I was with the majority of people, though. I think the majority of people, I said as a fan of not the Browns, of a, as a football fan, I would like to have seen Johnny football, but I didn't understand the push to get him to start over Brian Hoyer when they were in a playoff spot. I think he has to lose a game. They, they, he pulled it out in Atlanta the week before after, uh, after 58 minutes of, or more of bad play. He did take him to the game-winning field goal. So to take him, take the gig away from Hoyer would have seemed wrong, but now they will go to Johnny football. I only, my complaint from the game was when they got it down to the one-yard line, the Colts at the end of the game, that they didn't give it to Trent Richardson was an outrage. Talk about wanting to see something as a fan. Wouldn't that have been the best to have him score the touchdown on you, to rub salt in the eye of uh, – uh, or uh, in the wound. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but you get what I mean there. I do know Wouldn't that have mean. been funny if they had given it to old Trent to take it I in? I think um, for they actually wanted to score a touchdown. That probably, that's <laughs> yeah. probably why Boom Heron made a great idea. run to actually get that first down yeah. uh, when they needed it. Now, hey. Another another great quote this week was when Whitner dropped the, like, you know, how many how many times did he jump in the dog pound when, when he was here? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he, that was a good one, and we didn't honor. I uh, While I was diminishing the deeds of – of Jeff Fisher, I didn't honor him for his magnificent. What what's the inspiration behind that? Why did he feel like he wanted to do that? Why not? It's the, I mean, that's a great. I'm all for. What, I'm all. I'm all for having troll. fun. It's a great uh, wrestling move. You know, studio wrestling kind of move to to show up your foes like that. But what what axe does he have to grind with uh, with DC? I don't know. 
think he's ridiculing them even more. Hey, I'm all for it is the point. Let's do it. I don't care what your motivation is. Get, we need more of that. I'm with you, Drew Statton. I want more frank talk. I want more honesty. I don't care if it sounds ridiculous. I don't care if it's bulletin board material. What we cannot allow any longer is this thing. Because there's nothing funny about it, even though people think it's funny, I guess. Is Bill Belichick like, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Like, oh, what a laugh riot that is. And Colin Kaepernick doing it last week and giving one-word answers. And Marshawn Lynch doing it. Why is it? Is the bar that low for what's funny in society now that this is amusing? I, I, I can't stand it. And the league really, of all, I mean, I know there are things that the league is focusing on, but they really should say enough's enough, fellas. You're, you're professional football players making a lot of money to do this. This is part of your job. You, can, you can't just go up there and, uh, and thumb your nose any longer at the media. These I think people, the league does do that. Do they? Yeah. I guess they find Marshawn Lynch yeah. for not showing up. So, yeah. I, I, I don't think I, anyone's encouraging it. Well, I've, no, nobody's encouraging it, but I have done, I was on the radio with uh, somebody the other day, and they asked, "Would you do? Do you think that it should only be the guys who want to do it? Imagine what that would be. That would be mm-hmm. the punters would do all the talking, <laughs> you know." Well, that's when if you go to a team and you say, "You know, I'd like access with players to do something," that's who they'll give you. That's why it's mandated that these other guys have to do something. Because otherwise, that you're exactly right. That's, that's I just want more. Yeah. I, I like it. I think people should take a page from, like I say, wrestling and say that that kind of heat is only good. That's all. That's only good. And what's bad is I. It, we're close to it, so you get, we're, we're close enough to it that it's neat when when you realize that Drew Brees and JJ Watt are chummy and they embrace when they see each other. But I, enough with the nonsense after the game of being chummy with each other or before the game. You know, we, we can't have it. We must we must have a wrestling mentality. What I like most about that, about that Rams thing is that there was a story that came out this morning. So yesterday it was reported, you know, this is what happened. And all the all the captains were the guys who, who had been drafted because of RG3, the picks that the Rams got for RG3. The Rams players hadn't worked it out until they read that story. So the next day, <laughs> yeah. they're like, I, I didn't know why I was a captain. You know, it seemed weird <laughs> that I'd been named a captain. They ha- they didn't even realize. So it really was like a private joke between Les Snead and Jeff Fisher, I think. It was like, hey, let's do this. You know, but the high five was definitely worth it that they shared after the game. <laughs> definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, what did we think of the college football finale? I, did they, as a guy did they pick li- the teams? Yeah, they did. Oh. And, and as a guy who likes to – you know, demin- uh, who likes to say snarky things about things. I have nowhere to go on this one because they got it right. They 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 got the right four teams. I can argue the order that they should be in. I think the not, not the the Florida State being undefeated and being number one last year should necessarily play in. But they would have been in the old system. They would have been number one throughout the year. They would never have lost number one, which doesn't make it right. But they, I think you could make a case they should have been higher up there. And for cool's sake, for traditional football fans' sake, it would have been nice to see the Big Ten and Pac-10 teams play in the Rose Bowl and then have those two Southeastern-based teams, Florida State and Bama, play in the Sugar Bowl. But that's that's a minor quibble. I think that the, the four, right four teams got into this thing, and that's all I have to say about it. And I don't think you need to expand the playoff or anything else. I think, I think they got it just right. How say you? How do you go from three to six? What do you mean? Like didn't TCU go from weren't they third the week before and because they, they didn't apply the the old standard which is they won. hold serve hold they, serve is yeah. not the standard they won by like fifty points and they took they took a knee in, in the red zone with like five minutes left 
So what? Who, they lost so what, to they, Baylor. They they, should, they uh, of, of the teams, that's the last team that has any claim yeah, but, to it. They but, lost head-to-head to Baylor, who yeah, they but, tied in the conference. But that was with. before, and they'd already gotten up to six. And then they, in their last game, they won like 55-3. to three. Like because They should have won by it, 70 instead of... I, I was holding out hope that this would be the case, and the committee came through on this. They said conference championships will be weighted very heavily. Well, no one had had actually claimed their conference title yet you were be you would be speculating you'd have the odds on your side to say that we think Florida State is going to win the ACC championship game but you didn't know it until you saw them do it so they did it then that elevated their status Ohio State to say that their third string QB was going to uh, beat Wisconsin would, would have been a reach and once you see Ohio State wins the Big Ten they are the lone champion of a Big Five conference and by the way, I don't understand. Just because uh, Lou Holtz told you that's, that that conference is lousy, they beat Michigan State. They whipped Michigan State in East Lansing. They destroyed a good Wisconsin team. That's enough for me and more impressive than anything that Baylor or TCU did all season long. I think they got Ohio State right. I think Ohio State legitimately, Bama is a miserable matchup for, for anybody. But I think Ohio State legitimately can match up with those other three teams. I think they stand a chance the way they're playing. They've been dominant. People refuse to acknowledge this because they everybody decided months ago the Big Ten is a joke. But in the meantime, those teams, there are four or five really good teams in the Big Ten. And therefore, with Urban Meyer, what he's built, the quarterback position aside, they that's a legit team. TCU and Baylor, the thing I've always said is they have no claim. You can say they should be in the mix of the four, but neither of those teams can make a rational argument that they're the best team in the country. Ergo, that's why I love the four-team playoff. You can say we're one of the we belong in uh, in that fourth seed. But could TCU or Baylor make a case we're really the best team in the country right now? No, they could not. Therefore, why would they be in the playoffs? People say when the win happens, when you lose a game matters. Well, that would be quite a an upsetting note if the NFL started doing that. Well, the the Giants weren't great all year, but then they won the Super Bowl. Should we take that Super Bowl away from them because they got hot at the right time? This is the argument people always make to me is that, well, listen, if you get hot at the right time, that's what sports are all about. Ohio State lost a game way back in September. Of course it shouldn't matter as much as what they've done over the last few months. True? Well, also interesting that Florida, all Florida State's done is not lose since November of 2012, and they're not the one. Yeah. How does that work? Of course. And people have gotten have confused themselves, I believe. They say Florida State has been so close so often. Yeah, but they never lost. Yeah. Alabama did lose to a good, not great Ole Miss team. Who did they beat all year long that, that, that drops your jaw? Bama. Who did they beat? They, they beat Mississippi State in Bama? They, they beat a mediocre LSU team? Well, where's their great w- victory that makes them such an uh, unquestionable team that they have to be number one? That's what I Handsome, any thoughts? I know college football isn't your ballywick. No, I, I, love, I, I love to watch it. But I, I love know. to watch it. I, w- I do have a question about it. Actually, this is going to sound stupid. I should know the answer to this. But are the are the playoff games also bowl games? Yes. What it, what a you know what? That's cool. But are they always going to be the same. How fun is January one going to be? Are they no. always going to be the same bowl games? No, they rotate them. I believe. Okay. I think there are That's five cool. or six different bowl so games. So you get you get your cake, and you get to eat it. Ooh. Yeah, well, and I've I've long advocated that they should change that phrase to have your Socrates cake. Socrates got a question. Have your cake and some pie. 
Now mm-hmm. that because people get confused by the meaning of what that uh, cliche is. Yes, I was going to say that Hank and I had floated the idea of a relegation playoff of the NFC South teams facing these four CFB teams for a spot in the NFL next year. I thought the Jets. I would be interesting to put the Jets into one of those four. Into one of those four. I, well, let's let's just see. Yeah, instead of uh, uh, let's go big here as the consolation prize for Baylor. Let's give them the NFC yeah. South spot in playoffs. the NFL playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> and we'll see. I mean, that'll be that'll be a fair test. Mm-hmm. Or if ba- Baylor and TCU want to join squads, you know, maybe Let, that could be the way. Let's not overlook it. the game that we still have upcoming this Saturday. My dad would like me to mention this: Army Navy. Oh, is that right? As a West Point grad, my dad. Yeah. His roots for army. Well, of course, no one would ever confuse it, me with a military man because I haven't the courage to uh, to do it, nor the the physical ability to do it. But I, that's my favorite game of the year. I love that rivalry. People talk about uh, you hear it attached to every college football rivalry. I don't care if we lose every other game as long as we win that one. That's not true for Auburn and Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan. No matter how many times those guys say it, that's not true. It would be unacceptable to go 1-11 with your one win being against your arch rival. For those two, though, it is true. If yeah. you beat that, your year is made. Yeah, and I remember as a kid, when I already knocked off Navy, I don't remember the year. I was definitely too old to be doing it. I, we were on a Navy base. I took an uh, Army flag over my shoulders and ran around the whole neighborhood because it meant you know, it was that cool. It meant that much. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, granted, I, I, and I'll I'll do that again if we want. I'll do you it know around what? the NFL Network. Maybe. maybe the next show or two we should get to this is uh, the best fight song because I think they I think Army has the best fight song in the country, and people don't talk about it. The Army uh, – wait, is this it? Let me see. No, that's not it. Anchor goes watching along. Da, You're talking da, da, the da. on uh, on brave old army team. Yeah. Oh yeah, you would know it, right? No, I don't know it. You, but you can it. hum it, right? I'd love to. I can't imagine how stirring a version it would be. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Oh, we'll go instrumental. Da 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 da. da. Do you have fights on? Oh, don't look at your watch, Ansel. I'm just wondering if this is the point. (laughs) If the point where we start humming fight songs might be the end of the podcast. You know what? Before we do, can I just can I make one last point? Which I I don't want to put anyone off, but week 15 in the NFL, three weeks until the end. You know, three more games left in the season. A playoff race at its like apex. All very exciting. I can't find a single game I'm excited about this weekend. And that might just be the really? malaise of being a Dolphins fan. And You're and kidding be- me. I okay. love the NFC I'm gonna, West matchups. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run you through them. Cardinals-Rams on Thursday sound, night football. This sounds like a real setup, Dave. Cardinals-Rams on Thursday night football. I mean, that's that's fun, but it's not like... Oh, it's I not, find that one awfully intriguing. It's awfully intriguing, but it's not going to have a... I mean, I think we... Let's agree. The Rams probably aren't going to... Like you said, they're probably one lo- loss too far out from the playoff race for this really to matter to them. Well, they've shown up uh, enough to shut out two straight teams. I would think they're going to be... You know the, yeah, the last for this one? You know the last team to shut out three straight? Pittsburgh Steelers, 1976. Go. Of course you do. There you go. Of course you I bring that. nothing to the show. Right. Steelers Falcons. I mean, what I, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that these games are meaningless. What I'm saying is, there isn't one where you're like two first place teams. Wow, those two teams are matching up this week. Jags Ravens. 
Packers, Bills, Bucks, Panthers, Bengals, Browns. Cow- Cowboys, Eagles. Oh, there you go, right there. That's, that's your game right there. You're going to be Johnny Football playing the in-state um, rival for a, an important. But you just said the reason that Johnny Football's come in is because the Browns playoff race is essentially done. Well, I well, I think that's a great game. I'm, I'm fast. Of course, I'll, the world will be watching yes. that one in Johnny Football's first game under center. I'm assuming he's going to get the start. But you know what? I also think for Browns fans and our pal Mark Sessler is down in the dumps today from a, around the NFL, of course, again, uh, podcast and, and uh, the written deeds that he performs. They do a great NFL. job, by the way, those, those five or six guys. Yes, they're and, and uh, swell fellas to boot. But the, the he's down in the dumps as though the loss to the Colts has now removed their shot at the playoffs. But their next two games are winnable games. And well, this game, I think that you know, I think the Browns can win this game. And then I th- can't recall who they have after the Bengals. But either way, their Week 17 matchup is in they're, Baltimore. They're at Carolina in Week 16. Okay, so that's a that's I could see them riding the Johnny Football wave, the enthusiasm, and so on to victory there. Then they should beat the Panthers. So then that gets them to nine wins. So if they're nine and six, then they go to Baltimore. What would be greater? That at worst case, they could maybe knock the Ravens out of the playoffs. But what if those two teams are playing for a wild card spot? Wow. They had they had their their guts ripped out of them. The Browns, the the Ravens are, as I've said, the Cleveland Browns. If if there were justice in the world, the Baltimore Ravens would instead be called the Baltimore Purples because they really are just the Browns moved to the East Coast. That's what they are. So wouldn't that be cool? If Johnny Football on the last week of the regular season could go out there with the Browns into Baltimore and take back some honor from the Ravens, that would be that would rip it would, away from them all those years ago when they moved from Cleveland. That would st- seal his status as the as as a Browns folk hero. I'm calling it now. Season. That's what's going to happen. Just because that's a that's a great story. And in, in the meantime, back in Ohio, no, I'm sorry, back on the banks of the Three Rivers, the Bengals will play be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, perhaps for the division title. We have much to look forward to, handsome. Why are you being a Scrooge about the schedule? I'm not being a Scrooge. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the one game is the Cowboys-Eagles. I think Drew Stanton just said that. That's the one game where I'm like, okay, that's a you, very cool, that's exciting, that's Sunday night football in week 15. But everything else is a bit like, I get it. It has some playoff implications. Niners, Seahawks, not, nothing? Nothing. Doesn't move the needle, huh? Not any longer. What Sorry. are you doing instead on Sunday, watching some footy? Who's playing? West Brom? I don't care about that. He stuff. doesn't care about that. Just because no. he has an English accent, I, that's xenophobic. The it person really who cares in this room is always behind the glass, whether it's black tie or soccer tie. They care more about the, about that nonsense. Hmm. I don't mean it's nonsense either. I don't, right. You can be I'm honest. sorry I said that, soccer tie. That's I right. didn't mean that. That was a mean shot. Did you go to the game, to the championship game? I did, yeah. Did you? Was it a good one? Landon it was lovely. Donovan? It was actually a horrible game. But it Why was, do uh, American people, when they talk about soccer, start using English phrasing? It was a lovely game. It was a lo- <laughs> Nobody ever says that about a baseball or basketball yeah, or football game. That's just an game. adjective that I happen to use. I would I say that about word, you as uses, a person. He uses that a lot. I use it's lovely I too, also, but but regular guys they, don't employ you certain do, words. You, they, the class. Brilliant. That was a brilliant. Oh, uh, class. Pure class. Brilliant. A brilliant effort there. Like, what? You didn't. <laughs> you don't talk that way unless you're talking about soccer. There, yeah. Not you, but people. I got you. One. Yeah. Anyway, it was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, no, excellent. Really, really nice. I think just a sound drop probably the best way to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get you, let me get you out here. of this. Ready? 
the NFL game is not played in Studio 66. That's Steve Smith, yeah. That's right. We may as well go watch an NFL game and uh, turn off us yapping about football. So let's do that. Well done, soccer, tie. You real Well done's another one. That's what people don't say well done very often. Like, well done, Brazil. You know, like, yeah. people don't say that. <laughs> don't say it's that. purely yeah. a steak scenario. Yeah. Huh? It's purely like having to do with meat. Thank you. And meat-based conversation. Soccer tie gets me. Um, all right, so let, let, we'll wrap it up there after a rambling, possibly sick-fueled podcast here, at least for me. In this small space, that means we're all going to get That's sick. exactly right. Yeah, it's an incubator. I'm yeah. dewy. I'm downright dewy on the back, you know? I got a little dew on my back. Oh. I'm freezing. It's yeah. cold in here. Yeah, right. it's right. very cold. Well, that proves it. I must be ill then. All right, so thanks to uh, Soccer Tie, to Drew Statton, the statistician here at NFL Media with a bad statitude. Wake up, Hank. And a handsome Hank who is licking his wounds. But all is not lost, handsome. This is the time to get excited. You're a Dolphins fan. By my standard, I'm a snob. As a Steeler fan, I decided uh, over the weekend that merely making the playoffs will not be enough. I'm, I've, be, I've said that forever. I'm not interested in a wild card berth. I don't. You know what I. You know what my standard is. I. If the Steelers go nine and seven and get a playoff spot, not good enough. Yeah. If you can't get the double digits, then shame on I you. I'm, see, I'm not going to celebrate. I want to see improvement. What? And what I see from this. What's Dolphin, wrong with you guys? I have two wins. All right, but you're a Raiders fan. You. you <laughs> this is it's a way. totally different standard. You I were six see, years old when they were good last. Yeah. I want to see the type of improvement that means that the team not only is going to get a wild card berth this year, but is. In the hunt for a playoff, that's exactly. How, I mean, I've, if the Steelers can summon double-digit wins, and what kind of team is that to be playing in the postseason? I'm supposed to be proud of that. I'm proud of Jack Lambert, and Mean Joe Green, and Terry Bradshaw. I'm supposed to be excited about nine and seven. Fair. I'm, I'm not going to say I, I want ten wins, and that's it. Right. And they better get them. And it starts by beating the Falcons, that bum Falcons team in Atlanta, in six days. That's it. End of story. We'll be back before then, though, with the Red Challenge flag segment. Or will you both be free for that? If we're invited, yeah. I mean, I, I guess Are you will, Elliot, will Elliot be here? I'd, here? I'd like to. I'd like to. Ex- I'll extend the invitation since you guys didn't last week. You guys are welcome to join me in St. Louis this week, where I will be for the Thursday night game. What? what? We, can, we can explore the city, <laughs> take pictures in the arch together. You're Zeke. off. You're yeah, off to right. St. Lou. I'm huh? off to the Lou. The gateway to the West. I'm going to go hang out with the St. Lunatics. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's a... That's Zero chance. What? What's happening? Black tie. Black tie. What happened Come here? Come to ruin the whole party. <laughs> Zero chance Shaq knows who the St. Lunatics are. The St. Lunatics? I just got to ask him for permission to cross that bridge. It doesn't make a difference <laughs> who the St. Lunatics are because they'll cease to exist in about three weeks. It's I think be they the... already cease to exist, but that's... Well, black that's tie... Black, here's the interesting thing, and then we are going to wrap it up. You, I bet, are too much of a soccer snob to have watched the MLS title game yesterday. I'm too. here with uh, the gold standards. Zach I know. Goldman, he watched a it. big MLS guy, and I've told him before, yes, I am totally com- complete MLS snob. I can't do it. So you really I didn't watch the Zach. game? You can't even watch a soccer game because it's, it's played stateside it's, here? The way, I mean, it's not as bad anymore, but the way I used to compare it, it's like, it's like watching the NBA and then watching – Maybe not the D League, but then watching college hoops. It's like, uh, I want, I want the top flight stuff. Zach's the true purist, though. He can watch any level of soccer. I can't do that. Uh, you got to know who you are in this world. 
you know? <laughs> Got to know. That's, <laughs> that's a place to live. All right. I'm going to go hit the sick bed. I guess uh, I guess Drew Statton's going to hit some bars in St. Louis. What are they? Oh, they do toasted ravioli. That's what we better rank that at some point. The local what? fair, top to bottom. That's what they're special. What, like that's ravioli they, and a toast. Like in Pittsburgh, they're known for putting French fries on the I sandwiches. Get it. I understand that. And in Cincy, they have chili, I, which is too watery. Too watery chili is not not good. Chicago has deep dish pizza. In St. Louis, it's toasted ravioli. Toasted ravioli. It's not for me. I don't. I'm not. I think they fry it. They deep fry it. I think my right. last place though would be I, somebody would have to introduce me to something worse than that. Uh, that watery mess. That that watery sludge that they call chili in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. And that's right. And I. I don't feel bad saying that even after the seal has just left your town. And, and humiliated your team. All right. We got to wrap. Black, Black Tide just said, we got to wrap. We got to wrap. So, all right, we'll wrap here. We'll be back later in the week with the Red Challenge flag segment. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.